The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and just like to greet you with the welcome of today being an intentional spirit. And as you know, each and every week, we we offer uh, tremendous ideas and concepts and life stories uh, from many people uh, near and abroad that have had relationship with what it takes to be an intentional spirit. Some stories are uh, triumphant and some are from tragedy to being triumphant. Just a wide range in which each and every one of us have the capacity to, to relate. I'm thrilled and honored today that my featured guest is Ricky Roberts. He is the author of four books. He is someone that is what kind of I talk about every week, the difference between someone that is a difference taker and a difference maker of someone that's able to take, as that old cliche, lemons and make lemonade. Uh, Ricky is one of those people. Ricky, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my privilege and honor. Oh, well, I've just uh, heard about you. I've heard about you from a number of people of just the dynamic work that you do with a belief that you are, you know, you're branding yourself and, and the community and a nonprofit organization of YAV, of you are valued. Um, Ricky, did you always know, I mean, did you just get off the birth bus and just know that you were <laughs> valued and that you were here to, you know, be another uh, change agent? Tell us a little uh, bit about your life. Yeah, you know, in, in um, the the root of your value was really founded on on my personal experience with not feeling valued, and um, you know, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional and abusive household, and uh, spent a, a lot of time, you know, running the streets and sort of being controlled, if you will, by anger and bitterness and, um, you know, just uh, lack of worth in in my personal life and and feeling unworthy of living a life full of purpose and, you know, and and goodness. And um, that sort of plagued my my younger years into my adolescent years and uh, just spent a lot of time being distracted by those those feelings and, and that mindset. And how are you, you know, when you're growing up in that in that kind of environment, um, how did you find your relationship within education? Were you able to find a teacher or two along the way that could really see you? Or were you just kind of early on tagged a, a troublemaker or watch out for him, he's going to act out? Or what did that look like? You know, I, I uh, for the most part, it was more or less that, you know, he's a troublemaker. There are many uh, people that I knew growing up, their parents wouldn't let me hang out, you know, let them hang out with me. And there were 
a few teachers that really just they stood out and um, they always will stand out that took that time to just kind of look at me and, and see me. And, and then I didn't recognize that. I didn't necessarily appreciate it. Um, but in hindsight, looking back, I see how powerful that was for me, just that those little bursts of, of hope and inspiration that we get along the way and some of the times, you know, the darkest times of our life, if you will, um, were were those pieces that just kept me moving forward. Um, and kind because of, there were many times in my life where I didn't really feel like life had anything to offer me and I didn't have anything to offer it. And it was those few people that kind of um, shared their inspiration and, and gave me that, that little push just to keep going. And then uh, throughout my later adolescence, it, it kind of the anger and bitterness grew. And then there was a, a life-changing experience that I had at, at 17 that, that really pushed me into another direction. Well, tell our listening audience about that life-changing event at, at 17. That's a, that's a big year, you know, for, for a lot of us. Um, what is it that occurred that kind of stood out or was like we would call an awakening or, yes. you know, almost like a resurrection that you resurrect from the old of, who you have been to a possibility of who you could become. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a experience I had in, in with the, I was out with a group of friends and, um, we got into an altercation. And at, at that time, like I said, I was full of so much anger and hostility and, you know, I was really just broken and, and wanting to be loved and, and cared for and the way I communicated that to the outside world oftentimes was through through violence, through hurting other people, you know, just to identify with, with that pain. And um, at 17, I, I, being out with the group, we, we got into a fight and that fight turned into me being backed up into a wall with a group of people in front of me. And as I fought through the group, I was basically, you know, I felt something, you know, someone pulled my shirt back and yoked my neck back and I felt something go in my back and my side and my chest and I was basically being stabbed across the body. Ended up in the hospital and, and I'm laying there in the hospital bed with turned out nine stab wounds and I'm, I'm looking up at the doctors and nurses. They're staring down at me and at this point, all of a sudden, I felt this fear. I, it was this fear I, I never really experienced before and that fear was of dying and realized for the first time that I didn't want to die. And, and I was living my life in a, in a way that I didn't care if I lived or died. And, um, I, I had this feeling, okay, I don't want to die. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And there was this chaplain that walked into the room, doctors and nurses all around the, the bed, staring down at me. I'm staring at them and looking up at the lights and, um, he comes over and he sort of parts between the, the doctors and nurses and he put his hand on my head and he said, everything's going to be okay, son. And in that moment, I felt this peace that just completely swept over me, in me, through me, and I knew everything was going to be okay. And I laid there for the next six and a half hours while they finished working on me and then another week and a half in the, the hospital room just staring out the window knowing that I'm not alone and that my life is something that I need to be grateful for. And it just sort of started this transformation process for me from that point on, just asking, okay, now what, what am I here to do? Why am I here? And it's not that I became perfect when I'm not perfect now, but it's not that I, I, everything went away that next week or next year, even it was just the start of asking more of myself and more of, what I can do to get back in this life. So it, yeah, and it, you know, as I'm hearing you define your process is that 
you were kind of walking around as like a person that had been done unto. You had been given the wrong cards. You know, you had been dealt with um, a family that didn't support you and and around a lot of people that didn't get you and those kind of things. And you, for the first time in that tragedy, you had the epiphany of, oh, I do really want to be here. <laughs> That's what yes. I'm hearing is that, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I, th- what was I thinking? You know, I am a gift. And, um I am valuable. I am unique. And wow, you know, here I am just so close to the the wall of death. And we we say that often, you know, in working with human development and and people and issues and changes and those kind of things is that um, some people will change willingly and some people go begrudgingly. But absolutely a a near-death type experience will really bring people to the depth of their core to step into a place of, let me be real here. You know, I'm not, let me be real. You know, what the heck? And it's a... It's a huge wake-up call. It's actually just like a, a new beginning or a, a new yeah. birth. You know, it's really, really beautiful. Well, did it take well, you a while, um, Ricky, for you to think about, okay, I'm excited. I like being alive. Um, I want to make a difference or or did that kind of unfold? And the reason I'm asking you such specific questions is because I know there are hundreds of thousands of people out there that are Ricky. You know, they are the Ricky yeah. story. I was the Ricky story more yeah. than you know. The story is not about me today. It's about you. But I totally resonate and relate to exactly what you're, what you're saying. Um, totally. Um, in that a wake up of, um, wow. Life is kind of amazing, and I just almost lost mine, <laughs> and I've been kind yeah. of taking it for granted um, or saying to heck with it. Um, did you then say, I have something here that could help a lot of youth, or how did that happen on your path? You know, it was um, really going back to that night was just this feeling this choice. You know, you're you're on this place where you feel like, well, you know, I, I could go, I could pass on, or there's there's a, a choice for me to still be here for whatever reason. And um, in the time o- over the next week and a half in the hospital, I was really looking at my life and reflecting on choices I was making, people I was surrounding myself with, and, and that started, you know, that was where I started to look at things. But it wasn't an automatic um, response to, okay, how can I get back to youth? How can I help? It was just, I knew that I had to, I started seeking. I just started asking questions and trying to understand who God was and and what that meant to me. Because before that, I, I didn't necessarily have a belief in anything greater than myself because I didn't, I didn't feel that. And that was when it became really, that, that was when it became real to me. And I, I began to seek and, um, just sort of wander around, I guess, if you will, asking the bigger questions of my life. And I would say, I think I started writing my first book maybe five years or six years after that with just that, that intention to give back to other people. A um, couple years after after that, I started to work with youth and found my my passion and uh, the the capacity to connect on on different levels with certain troubled youth. And uh, you know that story kind of goes off a little bit. But then I got, of course, distracted into the business world and wanted to make money because I thought that would make me happy. Because growing up in poverty, I felt like, well, if I had this stuff. And that was, that was where all my unhappiness and anger was. And then I realized that that was just a, another illusion that I was chasing and, and that didn't fulfill my heart in the same way that giving back did. So it, it's really been just a long process of, of coming back to, to my highest self and um, figuring, it, figuring it out along the way. So it, it wasn't, to answer your question more directly, it wasn't an automatic thing. It, it certainly was and has been a transformation process as as I continued to heal and see through through my my life experience and where I've come 
I saw more and more clearly on how important the message of letting people know that they're valued is. You know, so it, it's it's been an ongoing process. I love it. I'm, I and those of you when we do um, take a moment and we go to break, you can go to uh, Ricky's website. It's Ricky Roberts I I I the letters I I I Ricky Roberts I I I dot com, and um, Ricky has four books actually, and I want to delve into those uh, throughout the course of our show and our our time today. But I'm just so inspired by it, especially um, with this time in our culture when people talk about bullying, when they uh, talk about you know what are we going to do? And I know when I was um, growing up and hearing the elder and older population talk about me as a youth, you know, I mm-hmm. I would hear them talk about, well, you know, things aren't like they used to be and they're not appreciative anymore and, you know, very cynical kind of approach. And I said, please, no, I kind of made a deciding moment right then that I would not be that way as I found myself as being that older person or that, you know, wiser person whatever that I would not be cynical and I just love your work because I feel like that you have such a relatability um well not only to youth I mean I'm the youth within all of us we all have that teenager we all carry these kind of energies in our being all the time some more obvious than others um I won't name names, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, a lot of us have the teenage rubble in us. We have the adversarial, like, my way or the heck highway and, you know, those kind of things. So I just want to be clear with all our listeners that we're this isn't just something that youth can use, but it's something for everybody to to kind of delve into this material. But I love the book of you um, that you've written, and it says, what if there was a book written in street-smart language that pulled no punches about getting your life together? And what if this book could give you a clear direction to how that could start happening today right now and how you use your in-the-face, I love that, I'm going to use your in-your-face writing style that challenges the reader to take control regardless of the circumstances. It's just so powerful, that essence and that and that being. Um, and here you are. I mean, uh, do you realize how challenged it is or how intimidating it is to so many people to become a writer, you know? Yeah. And um, you've authored four books. I'm just really proud of the work you're doing out there. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I, I just, and I know you get this because of all the wonderful things you do and the life that you impact. It's just I'm humbled daily, daily by the opportunity just to be a part of it, really just to to be used and, and have the, the um, platforms to connect with people um, because in any moment that I'm able to reach someone in a positive way, whether it be, you know, a person without a home that, I, that I'm privileged to connect with on the side of the street or a young person in the detention center, I, I'm receiving just as much as I ever hope that I can give to them, you know, and it's just a, it's a true honor and privilege really to be a part of it. Well, you're doing great stuff, and we're going to talk more about that and delve into that when we come back from break. I want to thank all of you that continue to support uh, both in presence and social media, but also your contributions. Because of you, we're able to offer many great conversations such as these on Unity Online Radio, the voice of the awakening world. I want to thank all of you that are now tuning in to us online uh, for our messages um, on unitycampus.org. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Temple Hayes, and I'm talking today with Ricky Roberts. Go to his website, rickyrobertsiii.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm 
and click on Donate Now. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. We're all enjoying and benefiting today from the conversation with Ricky Roberts, who created an organization, a nonprofit, entitled You Are Valued. And Ricky, as I shared, is the author of four books. He is someone that took his childhood and made it into a sacred story of realizing that life, rather than defining his inadequacies, was able to draw out of him his possibilities. That's something I talk about every week, Ricky, is that, you know, um, the the stories of our lives, I mean, you hear a lot of people um, say, gosh, I want to do something great with my life or I want to know my life purpose or, you know, I want to be able to be part of changing the world. Well, in order to change the world, our world has to change. You know, we need a relationship. Well, what can that look like, you know? And and in today's times, all of us are bright enough and quick enough and learned enough that we know when somebody's just telling us something because they read it in a book or if they've lived it. And that's what I love about talking with you is that, You've lived it, you know, and there's a depth there because you've you've been there, you've done that, and some of the pictures you may not keep, but you will remember them and use them for the benefit of others. Well, tell us about um, your organization. You are valued because uh, I know it will be a, a real insight and a model uh, for other communities. Tell us about that. Yes, um, it. And before I get into it, templates, I, I just, when you mentioned everyone's looking for a purpose and wanting to find their place in all and making a difference, as as you're listening, the, the listeners and as people are, are tuning in, I think it's always important for 
everyone to remember that it's yeah you know I, I I may have these books I've created this organization and and so many people do these these different things with their life but each one of us every single one of us has the potential to make a difference in another person's life wherever we are it, it doesn't have to be um, what we would call in, in societal terms is something grand be in in terms of, you know, having an organization or books or radio show or, um, you know, being a minister, whatever it might be, just who we are, everywhere we are, we have the potential to make a difference. And that is our purpose, to continue to carry that on um, with with our interactions in our daily lives. And, you know that that really is the um, the the foundation of you are valued was first it was it was started with a mentor of mine who who had a talk with me and she said Ricky if you could sum up everything you do in your talks and your books and your work with young people work with people what what would it be you know what what would you want that to be and my response is I just want people to feel valued I want people to know the value and who they are. And that came with, you know, going in to conferences and seminars and different um, focuses on human development and um, the behavior uh, um, disciplines and things on how to help social issues. And, and as I continued to search through it, I, I, for me, I came to the the conclusion that the very root of so many of the issues that we face, whether it's alcoholism or drug abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, all of these different categories that I've had the, the privilege to work in, it's that people don't feel valued. They don't feel valued in who they are. So it was my heart, my conviction to create the organization of You Are Valued and bring in programs into many different um centers and, and facilities on empowerment, compassion, setting goals, and uh, building community. And then there's a, a ripple of kindness thing that we do that there's these little cards that I hand out that say you are valued on the front and never stop believing in the greatness of who you are on the back. And those are encouraged to just be handed out intuitively when people feel inspired to do so. And, you know, there, there are several thousands of those in circulation now. And um, those have that has turned into its own movement of just that simple recognition and opportunity to value, validate someone else's existence just by letting them know that they're valued has been mm. instrumental in so many people's lives, and um, it just it just continues to to build and evolve as as it is. We need to give those out here. Um you know, on one of our weeks and talk about that. That's very powerful. I love that. Um, Well, have you, like with uh, speaking at the maximum security detention centers and various groups within the high school, um, have do you get feedback? I mean, are you able to go back and track that, oh, because of these conversations, they're noticing certain measurable differences? Uh, What's happening with that? Well, I'll, I'll give you um, two stories, and, and they're, they're ones that, that continue to build. There was a, a group I um, did on, on compassion, and there, well, I, I got, an, I got an, a message from a woman that asked if she could have those cards for her um, uh, brown bag lunch, and she was going for a group of um, homeless people, elders, special needs, and um, troubled youth all together in this one big dinner. She wanted to give them each card. So, of course, I uh, happily gave them to the cause. And once she she got the card, she realized, I know know your organization. I know these cards. My daughter has one hanging on her mirror in her bedroom. And then we started exchange messages back and forth. I let her know that I... I use those cards in this compassion element I do, and it's, a, it's an invitation at the end for people to be, whether it's a group of adults or, or younger people, because I've done it in, in all ages, to be a part of this with me. Do you want to help me give these out to other people when you feel you, you want to? And um, the, the, the invitation is always very well received. Well, anyway, 
her daughter told her mother, her mother asked her about the card, and, and she said she got it on a day from someone who apparently was in the group where she, she had recently come out for being gay. She was being bullied, being real cool, put down very, very um, aggressively. And that day she was at the point of her end. What she felt like she needed to do was take her life. She was basically suicidal. And someone gave her that card, and she told her mother that that saved her life. She felt inspired to push on. Whether or not she would have went forward with her feelings at the time, it was that, that act of the potential of that simple thing just giving her that burst of inspiration. And so it turned out that basically her mother was thanking me for doing that because it saved her daughter's life. And wow. um, there's a, another story where I was just Two weeks ago, I was talking to a man. He's a person without a home. I've become really good friends with him, and, and we're in touch on a regular basis. And we've been busy, and, and I've kind of brought him in to help me out with some things. And he stopped me just two weeks ago and said, hey, I really need to talk to you. I need you to write some of this stuff down because I'm not sure that you understand how important what you do is. And he went on, elaborated, he said, let me give you a visual that I was a month ago, I was going around in, in downtown St. Pete at 3 o'clock in the morning going through the garbage to get food. And I was going yes. at to um, baseball games to get food out of the garbage for people who had leftovers from their tailgate parties. And then I was sitting on this bench just feeling like this dark place in my life for the first time. He's 67 years old. For the first time in my life, feel like giving up. And then here you come, stopping by. I was actually with a kid I mentored. We stopped by. I saw him sitting there and just started to talk to him. And, and I had a card with me, felt like I should give it to him. And um, he started crying. So we started talking. I went back the next day, and our relationship has evolved from then. But he said, here I am. A month later, I have art supplies. I have money in my pocket because I connected him with this little weekly job he's doing and I have family. I feel valued. I feel important. And I'm not just withering away on the on this bench somewhere. And he basically, at the end of that, I said, just thank you because you essentially saved my life. Not my life in the sense that I was going to die or I was going to commit suicide, but my spirit was dying. And that just that simple shift inside of him has been everything. So for me... Those things, the, that, everything could stop now, and I'm done, I'm thankful, and I'm grateful. And it, it far supersedes, you know, um, anything else I can really show about or tell about any data that has come back. Um, but the, the stories continue to, to build, and, of course, messages and, and emails of just those um, inspiration, those piece of inspiration that, people have been able to take from, from the efforts at hand. Oh, yeah. And it just, I'm, I'm sure like the rest of us that are in some serving capacity, it's like if you have an off day, you pull out that story and you remember it and you just dedicate for another year to keep moving forward. Yes. Those are yes. Those are really rich and... And beautiful stories. Um, and, you know, with the, the young people specifically and in, in the feedback has been great with the programs um, to give the, and, and oftentimes, you know, for example, going into a, a facility like a detention center, you know, when, when people see some of the, the young people that I've had the privilege to work with or adult groups, they may they may stereotype them or categorize them in specific ways or certain expectations of how they will be or become. And when I when I connect with them on this level of of respect and appreciation for who they are with their struggles and and everything that comes with that, and they start to share and the the platform that they share from and the stuff that they begin to open up about is is just it's huge it's 
it's powerful and, and it's it's beyond words for me to to experience it and and to witness it and um, to have the opportunity to to come back and, and build from that with with the groups is is just um, it's amazing to to be a part of it. Oh yeah, Ab- absolutely. Um, tell me some uh, information about your book. Where did the gift go? Because that's a that's a catchy title. Where did the uh, gift go? <laughs> Where is that gift? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> uh, the, that one I I wrote that at the the end of um. I, I left a business I was at for almost 10 years, doing very well financially. Everything was going right in order to meet all of the, the uh, marker points of what our society would deem as successful as a, as a young person in general, just people in general. And um, I got to this point where I realized that no matter how much money I made or things I acquired, I never was fully fulfilled. So I, I just, and it was after I wrote my, my second book, What Really Matters, and that was sort of a big reflection on all that, okay, this is great, I'm making this money, I'm having these things, but I'm I'm not living my life and I'm, I'm not feeling content inside. So what really matters in the midst of all of this? And I left that um, job. I lost a lot of money and kind of just, you know, I, I dissolved my business agreements gracefully and, and walked away. And over the next several years, I was writing that book, and it was going through this this process of where does this programming come from, where, where oftentimes we're led to the idea of what we think will make us successful or make us somebody. And it was just this, this process to kind of get clear on myself and, and look at life and look at sometimes how we're living in the society of, you know, where did... Where did our connection to this gift to be here, this gift to experience this this um, uh, earth, this this human experience together with one another? Where where did that connection get lost, and where did it go? And uh, not to give away the book, but really that gift is within us. You know, it's it's within all of us, and we we have the opportunity to enjoy it and uh, make the most out of it. And with one another and, and also to give back to others wherever we can. Well, it's so um, incredible to me that along the way you were able to make that distinction pretty quickly on instead of waiting until you were, you know, 70 or 80 and go, oh, wow, you know, I, I had a nice profession, but I really wasn't doing what was fulfilling and what makes me happy. Um, have you been able to go back and track that, you know, from a person being bullied um, to a person that you've been kind of developed and shaped, if you will, to be able to help and hear so many of our youth today? Are you doing some work with the the bullying issue that we have in our culture? Yes, and, um, you know, and I come from another side of that. Was I was actually the bully. You know, I heard a lot of people and um i did i i uh i certainly communicated my pain and hurt inside through violence and hurting others and and when i approached the the topic of bullying i i really focus on the compassion element of it of getting people young people specifically to be aware and be mindful of what other other people are going through at any point in our lives, you know, and, and get them to see through activity and through discussion how oftentimes they're experiencing some of the same things, that once that isolation is broken and they can see that other people are hurting too, other people are going through troubles in home or, or have witnessed severe abuse or whatever it might be, to build on that element of compassion of, you know, beyond what we see on the surface of all of us at one point or another, we're all going through something. We're all processing through something and we, we put on these fronts and we put on these smiles, but it doesn't mean that we're not going through heavy emotions inside. And, and I try to really focus on, on that element of compassion to get them to be 
more compassionate and mindful of, of others and what they may be going through. And as you were saying earlier, what you were talking about, you know, young people and kind of having it harder, you know, I, as say maybe as bad as I was or some of my friends were growing up, what young people are facing now is it's even it's inconceivable on some levels the pressure and with social media and all these different elements that weren't there years ago that they're that they're carrying and that they're facing um, it's 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 overwhelming at times um, well, I really just, I want to touch base with that and I want to hear more about your insights and your perspective um, when we come back right after break on that. I'm Temple Hayes and I want to thank all of you for participating today with this conversation with Ricky Roberts. You can go to his website, rickyrobertsiii.com. We'll be right back. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. We now return to The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. All right. Well, today we are not only being intentional spirits, we're being intentional because we're all holding the space of you are valued and part of the trailblazing, dynamic, enthusiastic energy that's bringing that to the highlight in the forefront of people's minds is Ricky Roberts. You can go to his website as well as you can go to the website of his organization, You Are Valued. Dot org, And this is the kind of area that you want to du- direct your teenagers, your relatives, your connections, your cousins that have teenagers and people that are in schools so they can really start tuning in to that idea. And you know, Ricky, I, you've heard me say that, I'm sure, before, is that that's what I love about the premise of the unity teaching is it does not teach separation or one is wrong and one is right, but it really teaches that valuing aspect of humanity in that we are all unique, we're all original, we're all necessary, and so many of us are, are gifted. I spoke um, a 
couple of weeks ago at um, another club I'm a member of, the AA club, and um, I was um, there as a speaker, and I was um, I was saying that you know, welcome to the gifted club, because a lot mm-hmm. of people that are using uh, extreme medication and uh, medications through alcohol or drugs are are often uh, great healers, great teachers, uh, gifted artists, you name it. And yet they are covering up or being covered up upon uh, through those other modalities. Um, when you um, go into schools, do you have an opportunity first and foremost to talk to the kids? Are you doing public talks or... What does that look like? Because I know people are going to want to follow you. They can sign up for your blog. That's for sure. They can buy your books. That's another thing. Yes, always helpful. Yes. <laughs> um, the, you know, and, and before we go on, I, I just want to make it clear to the audience that the the you are value thing is not a young person thing. It's a people thing. And, um, and you know, it, one I'm thinking of a, an experience now, or, or two of them. That there was a, I did a, an outreach with a, a friend who wanted to value the nurses at a hospital where they help take care of his his uh, passing mother, and he's he teamed up with me. He's like, I just want to do something special for them, so that they can know that they're valued for the way they treated me, treated my mother as she was passing, and he he designed, he hand blew these little white glass hearts and we attached them to your valued cards and went and gave them to the nurses. And there, there was a, there was a nurse who came up afterwards and said that her 20 years, 20 years in nursing, no one ever took the time to let them know how important they are to let them know that they're valued. And there was a, a talk I did, that's hard to believe, isn't it? Isn't that it hard is. to believe? <laughs> and, um, wow. There was a, I mean, I do believe it, and I do get it, but yes. oh, my gosh, wow. Yes. And, you know, I had that same thing happen at a, a talk I did. It was a big uh, group for teachers, behavior specialists, counselors um, in, in Pinellas County Schools, and there was a woman who came up 25 years. She said, I'm retiring next year. And I have never, she said it, I've never heard anyone take the time to really let me know that I was valued for the work that I've done. Her whole service and in her field as a counselor. So it's, it's this idea and this concept of knowing that there are people all around us and wherever our communities are that just need that, that, that deserve each one of us and even if they hear it on a regular basis we can never hear enough how valued we are just for who we are as a person as an individual and tying that into your question with uh, what it looks like uh, in terms of working with young people in classrooms it could be you know um, last month I I did an assembly of 300 300 plus high schoolers at a private school on um, compassion. And, you know, the week after I was with five young people at a uh, transitional program out of detention center uh, in Tampa, you know, and and with just doing a workshop on setting goals and and talking about, you know, goal development and, and things like that. So the way it looks in action is, is, different all the time and you know it could be public schools private schools in the classrooms or in an assembly platform you know i I really just um adapt as it's needed for the specific need because uh the 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 outline for the the um program topics are are very flexible in in terms of practice and, and putting them into action. I used to, I don't know if you're aware of it, but I used to travel a number of years ago with um, doing international speaking and coaching. And 
and what the statistics prove then, and I think they're still as true today as exactly what you said, that more than how much an employer uh, pays an employee, the key element that employees want is to know that they're appreciated. And and that of what I love is the simplicity of what you're saying, um, because uh, just to pick up the phone and call somebody to give them a card, you are valued, is not a lot of effort. Uh, That can Mm -hmm. go a long way, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. Where, um, within the next uh, few years, um, Ricky, do you see your work going? How can we hold that for you and be part (laughs) of that change with you? You know, I I just see it continuing to... um, spread far, far and wide, and, and um, ultimately, as, as big as I, I see or as much as I see it spreading, I still operate with, with the philosophy that is personal to me is to, to reach one is to reach them all and, and really it's to create change one heart at a time because it's that one individual. And, um, you know, my, my greatest teacher that was a, uh, my younger sister passed away several years ago on uh, Oxycontin overdose. And oh, as wow. much as I, I wanted to help her, as much as I gave her my books and talked to her and offered my support, I, I wasn't able to do for her what maybe I've done for several other people or however many other people. But it was that reminder to me that just to reach one person, you know, and, and we can't reach them all. And sometimes the people we want to reach the most, we're not able to. But we have to, to remain committed and devoted to that, that concept. If we touch one person in this lifetime for what we do, then really for that person, it's everyone. And, it, and it's, it's impacting the world. So the bigger vision is to continue to... to spread the movement of value in others as, as far as it can go, but with, with the intention of just creating change one heart at a time. I love it. That's so powerful. I just, I just am so inspired by the work that you do. It just uh, is reaching near and far. And, and I love exactly what you're saying. It's so true that... We all uh, can do this inner work and feel more valued. You know, we can all be inspired by the great stories of of other people. I'm looking on your website, and I'm looking at a, a guy that you've kind of known in your downtown area. And um, did you give him a T-shirt, or um, what is it I, that I, you I, did with Jerry that made such an impact? Oh, Jerry. I... Um... I gave him a, a card, a your valued card, and you know Jerry's someone. He's he's a person without a home, and I've known Jerry for I don't know probably twenty plus years. And since I've known him, he's that's he's been without a home. You know, here and there, I think he's had places to go, and just over the years, he's. Uh, been somebody that I've continued to stop and talk to and just build a relationship with. And he's continued to, as a young person, he gave me insight. You know, he shared his, his wisdom with me. Um, and you know, that specific photo that you're talking about, I, I just saw him randomly and stopped and gave him a card. You know, he said, he said, do you have any, he, and so he asked me, do you have any more of these? Maybe a handful. I have a lot of people down in Williams Park I'd like to give these to. So he instantly, like, just started thinking of his mind, all of these people he wanted to do the same for, you know, and, and it just was um, one of these these moments where he, he got super excited about it and just thankful to to be seen, if you will, because um, mm-hmm. there, there are so many people that just get passed by. And he was he was grateful and, and very excited to take that and to give those those out to other people. 
Well, our our mantra here for 2013 is, you know, ready to be seen in 2013. And, and let's all um, take this uh, great show today with Ricky Roberts and and think about it and put it into action more than being moved from the stories, but also take it to a place of action. And, you know, when you're standing in line at the grocery store with somebody, rather than being annoyed of how much time it's taking, actually see the person behind and in front of you, uh, connect with people. And rather than prejudging their age or what they look like or anything, just really dig into the depth of, of valuing them. Uh, Ricky, it's been a uh, honor having you today and I, uh, I it inspires me what you're doing as I said earlier and just keep doing what you're doing and let us know here at Unity Campus in whatever way we can be part of that um, you are making a difference and because you got the value of your own life uh, you're able to want to give that to everybody else and I must say you're doing an excellent job you can again Everyone go to Ricky Roberts, III.com, or you can go to his organization, yourvalued.org. Thank you, everyone, for participating with the Intentional Spirit. Don't forget, when you love hearing these stories or they really hit home with you, to share them with others so that we can continue with Unity Online Radio to be that voice of the awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. 
What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the Mind Body Spirit. .fm podcast network